5: And a very good Monday morning to you. And with the cold weather warnings all now eased off and behind us for the, mor- for the moment, Ms. Erin have replaced the cold weather warnings with a statist yellow rain warning for us here in Cork. And it is it could be some heavy rain, spot flooding. Uh, the heaviest rainfall will be coastal and mountain areas and up to 20 millimetres of rain is expected in some parts and that status Yellow rain warning remains in place until 12.30 uh, today. Now the icy spell has broken and some people will say thank God for that. Others like that nice frosty weather but I think with the cost of heating at the moment people are glad to get a bit of respite with a little bit of milder weather and this milder weather has arrived, has arrived with us for a couple of days. It's expected to turn cooler again possibly tomorrow and Wednesday but then Thursday is expected to get mild again and then Met Aaron saying conditions are uncertain. The risk of cold air coming in over Christmas Day and uh, St Stephen's Day haven't been ruled out at this stage. There seems to be a little bit of uncertainty as we head into what is now uh, Christmas week. very good morning. You're very welcome to the programme. John Paul is off this week. That means Bernie is sitting in taking your calls. If there's anything you want to share with us um, today or across the week 0818 103 103. Text them whatsapp's also available to you at 0862103103 103 and i have to say in the last hour i watched the live streaming of the repatriation of the irish un peacekeeper young sean rooney who arrived at casement airdrome <coughs> excuse me in uh, baldonnell after traveling from beirut international airport over overnight and to be honest um, I don't know if it did me good or not it was actually so upsetting to watch it because at the wet and the windy morning we're experiencing here in Cork it was the very same a casement aerodrome and the weather you were just looking at it thinking the weather seemed to very much reflect the mood of everybody there and I was thinking of his family uh, getting to spend time uh, with his body it's just such a tragic tragic story. Just 24 shot and killed uh, last week when the armoured vehicle he was travelling in was attacked in a uh, coast village in southern Lebanon. Now I know yesterday there was a solemn UN ceremony at the airport yesterday evening before Private Rooney's uh, remains were placed on an Air Corps Casa plane which then had to stop in Malta for refuelling and then of course landed early this morning in uh, Dublin and I actually spotted yesterday the Defence Forces uh, were tweeting. They tweeted Private Sean Rooney is now on his way home. Your duty is done, Akara. You've earned And I just that had me in tears when I saw that uh, tweet uh, yesterday. Just it's just so, so sad. And what that family will have to go through now on what should should have been a very exciting week for him because he was actually due to come home for Christmas. They all get leave when they're in the Lebanon. Some opt to go on a sun holiday. They don't bother coming home. They'll go somewhere closer to the Lebanon. But for some, they come home and for, for young Sean Rooney he was coming home and his mother was getting ready to welcome him home for Christmas and of course his fiancée was due to get married next year it really is absolutely heartbreaking and then we think of one of our own Shane Carney that's the 22 year old from Killa in uh, East Cork I saw the now Enterprise Minister Simon Coveney saying that uh, Shane Carney is doing well that's really good news given the seriousness of his injury his family obviously hoping, waiting and praying for his uh, recovery as indeed are the entire county and I think at times the entire country are wishing Shane a full recovery but Simon Coveney says the news about Shane is more optimistic than it has been over the last couple of days. He is making progress. He's now breathing again independently and his head injuries, it seems he's got massive head injuries but they are now being managed. He's doing well given the circumstances and the serious of his injuries and Simon Coveney says there's some optimism there and he was really, really glad to report that. They are putting plans in place to bring him home make sure that he can continue to get the necessary specialist support that he needs here at home as soon as it's safe for him to uh, travel. Now a spokesperson for the Defence Force is saying no definite date yet for when young Shane Kearney will be discharged from hospital. It's very much obviously dependent on the medical staff review of his condition but certainly the government and the army as soon as they get the nod from Beirut that he's safe for travel I mean I'm assuming that either the the, the plane that Patrick Rooney's uh, remains came back in that certainly would be available with the Air Corps uh, Air, the, the Air Corps aircraft as indeed the government jet I'm sure as well would also be put at, at his disposal if that's what was needed and I know Simon Coveney says that we they will get to the bottom of what happened here in The Truth and he says we owe it to all of our Defence Force personnel but in particular we owe it to Shane Rooney's uh, family. So young Shane Rooney we think of him uh, today and particularly now uh, as his body as to say in the last hour returned home very much thinking of his uh, family they've got a, a tricky very sad, tricky is probably the wrong word but certainly a very very sad few days ahead 0818 103, 103. Bernie's taking your calls you can text, you can WhatsApp to 0862 103 103 I'm going to just revert back to last Friday's programme when we had a number of uh, call us to air and we were talking about clamping that was now in operation at the Market Square Shopping Centre in Mallow. It's not quite new parking arrangements. The parking arrangements have all, always been in place that you're allowed to park in the shopping centre for a maximum of three hours but it's never really been enforced and people have been just leaving their cars there for longer periods of uh, time. So the management team at Market Square Shopping Centre have now introduced clamping and clamping we heard from some listeners with some on air with us last Friday who had their cars uh, clamped Uh, and it seems in particular certainly the lady we spoke with last Friday on the programme her wheel was over the white line you need to be very very careful they're strictly enforcing the parking so when you park your car not only are you to abide by The maximum stay of three hours, but you need to be very careful where you're parking your car and that it is correctly uh, uh, parked. But we had a number of people contacted us because on the sign that's in the car park, it says the maximum stay is three hours and you can't return within a four hour period. Parking only in the marked bays. If you park and leave the Mallow Shopping Centre car park, your vehicle may be clamped. And that was the one that was causing most upset to people saying Can I not park there, do a bit of shopping in the shopping centre? And can I not go on to O'Brien Street and pop into some of the shops on O'Brien Street? So we got on to the management team at Market Square just to find out exactly what was going on. And they say that they want to clarify the position on the ground re clamping. They say they are not targeting or looking to clamp customers or shoppers, but those who are illegally parking and taking advantage of the situation on the ground, which has been preventing customers and shoppers from parking on a daily basis. The three hour limit, they say, is set as a guideline. There is, of course, some leeway. They say, however, if vehicles are regularly parked for eight to ten hours, at a time, are indeed left overnight for a number of days at a time. Then they say they reserve the right to clamp as as to not uh, not implement car park management will result in the continuous negative impact on footfall and trade at the centre. So while there was a lot of people worried about that their cars were going to be clamped if they just went out down onto O'Brien Street that's not the purpose of it. You can still go off do your bit of shopping and come back but you need to stick to the as close to that three hour limit they say it is a, guide, a guideline but it seems there were people now I'm assuming when they say there was people regularly parking for between eight and ten hours we assume that was people not working at the centre because people working at the centre are allowed to park there but i'm assuming it was people who were driving in early in the morning parking their car and then going to some other part of mallow to, to their place of work and then coming back and having free parking all day and that obviously was taking up what is valuable parking space particularly at this time of uh, the year so I'm glad to uh, to clarify that on behalf of Market Square Shopping Centre they're not targeting or looking to clamp customers are, are, are shopping it's people who've been illegally parking at the car park. 0818 103 103 Bernie standing in for John Paul taking your call Are people noticing potholes and new potholes appearing on roads that they've been recently travelling on I'm assuming that the cold snap last week and now the rain that has arrived uh, today uh, is certainly going to make any potholes that are already there even worse one listener has been on to say that the McCork-McCroom road is full of uh, potholes Uh, also this listener is saying that the roads around Tereltum particularly bad and the listener wants to know are the council going to fix them or do we have to go out and fix them ourselves are you certainly not allowed to go out and fix them themselves. yourselves I don't know how much pothole fixing is going to go on on Christmas week but if you've come across roads that are particularly bad with potholes or maybe a very bad pothole in your area that we can warn others about please let us know 0818 103 103 John Paul off this week so Bernie uh, standing in taking your calls text or whatsapp 0862 103 103. And by the way just let you know the phone lines have been quite busy uh, this morning and um, and I know it can be frustrating when people can't get through but don't forget you can always uh, text or WhatsApp us to 086 to 103, 103 Now as we're now officially in Christmas week excitement starts to build for many anticipating the big day and getting to spend time with family and friends but let's take a few moments out to think about those who are dreading this week and just wishing it was all over. And um, from Senior Line joins me to talk about the extra supports that are available to people who may be struggling in the run-up to the festive period. Good morning to you, Anne.
6: Good morning, Patricia. And,
5: and you're welcome, as always. Have your volunteers already started to receive some sad and at times upsetting calls?
6: Very much so. We had a team call last week and I was very taken aback with one, for one of my colleagues who said, Anne, I'm beginning to get calls to say, I hate Christmas and we're all quite quiet because it's very hard to hear something like that. I suppose to put it in context, Patricia, a lot of our callers are traditionally kind of lonely and isolated and Covid hasn't helped. But we haven't heard, I hate Christmas as definitively as that, you know.
5: And is some of it just based out of pure loneliness?
6: Some of it, yes, an awful lot of it is that. Um, being isolated, worried about seeing family, and as you know, COVID is kind of a bit on the resurgence again. Though I hate to even say that. And then the other piece is that we've noticed um, in recent months a lot of our callers. I won't say it's kind of almost a mental health issue. Kind of very anxious, very depressed, feeling very hopeless you know, very worried about this coming winter, trying to conserve heat, feeling cold, like a perfect storm of very difficult situations all coming together.
5: Yeah, and, and you're right to talk about COVID because it you know, it is what is still out there and it is still circulating. But even aside from that, even even if there wasn't any COVID out in the community at the moment, we're still seeing the after effects of COVID are we not? And the lockdowns and what that has done to people.
6: We are. I was with people just socially yesterday, Patricia, and they, a wife and husband, and they haven't gone out at all. Very, very nervous about getting COVID. Very worried at their age, if they get COVID, it will affect them very, very poorly. Do you know, like, there's an awful lot of real concern and worry about, it. very genuinely, particularly among older people, I think.
5: Do your volunteers have to receive additional t- training in order to support some of those calls?
6: Yes, we began to think about this some weeks ago, well, some months ago, really, and looking forward to the winter, winter 2023 and the autumn. And as I said, whole cost of living issues. So we applied to Mental Health Ireland, who have been fantastic and have supported us in offering a special refresher course to our volunteers and over 100 Sorry, over 80 volunteers have done it so far, and the remaining 20 will do it early next year. And it really gives, it brings people together first of all. And our volunteers haven't been together for some time, so that itself is a great boon for them. And then we begin discussing the particular issues that callers have, and we begin to share how different volunteers respond to that. And it's wonderful to hear how some people. So, you know with support a caller and we exchange great ideas and then we each volunteer has a whole resource pack with fact sheets around for callers keeping warm this winter saving energy eating for mental health exercise for mental health how to go old with positive mental health and a list of good support organizations so a really good support pack that our volunteers are keeping besides our phone, Patricia, getting to know it, and it's giving them, you know, suggestions to put to callers, questions to ask callers. It's proving a really good guide in the whole your, conversation. Your,
5: your volunteers are an amazing bunch of people, aren't are they? Because they at the be end fantastic. of the day, let's call it out, your volunteers are all older people.
6: They are. It's a peer-to-peer service. Yeah. And that's one of
5: its strengths. You know, because you're
6: going, you're going to talk to another person who will understand what you're going through. They might have been isolated themselves. And I suppose the only difference is kind of one of luck, that our volunteers might be have family around them or they might have better health than our callers. It's all a bit of a lottery, you know.
5: And just you've mentioned staying warm and saving on energy bills. That's a huge one for everybody at the moment. I mean, what, what, is it very practical tips you're offering people?
6: Yeah, but, but like from, from no cost to some cost. I mean, if you have money, I was listening to somebody some time ago and said the very best thing you can do is go around your house and get some advice on insulation because you're losing so much heat all the time, particularly through the attic, particularly if you have a bungalow is a large attic. But that's, that's pricey, you know. Mm. So very simple things like door stoppers, you know, things at the door, pulling your curtains, closing doors. You know, heating one part of the house rather than heating everywhere. Just very simple. Wearing layers yourself, Patricia. Walking around the house yourself, keeping active as best you can. So there's very simple things you can do. Having a hot drink, you know, right throughout the day.
5: Yeah, and that wearing layers, it's funny, when, during the cold snap last week, one of our listeners was saying that they remembered many years ago speaking to somebody, see, Latvia or Lithuania, one of the Eastern Bloc uh, countries where they get much colder winters than we do and they get them every year. And he said that they were working out, I think it was out in a building site, and he said to this gentleman from Lithuania, you know, when you, when you were back in your own country, how did you stay warm? And the, the, that was the advice from the Lithuanian. It was layers of clothes. You don't yeah. just put one warm jumper on. No, you're better no, off putting on an three
6: Aaron or four. Yeah. An, an Aaron is it, you're meant You trap warmth that's through it. the layers.
5: It's a simple one. It's a, a simple one yes. but, it, but it certainly does work. Do you find, Anne, that some older people find it hard to reach out locally to say they need help?
6: Very much so. It's a very good question. There's, there's, people are private. You know, there's a pride. Sometimes all we have is our pride. So that's why I particularly we would be you know asking neighbors why don't you be proactive if you have somebody older beside you you know would you think of going and knocking on the door and seeing are they okay can they bring in their firewood because little things that are no problem years ago you know if you've a if a if coal fire or a wood fire bringing in all that fuel can be very very difficult for an older person now and they might put off lighting their fire even though they might need it you know so very simply can i do some shopping for you so as you know yourself, so much shopping now is online and a lot of our callers don't do that. So going down and fetching shopping, I saying, would you like me to take you shopping? Mm. Which would be an outing to the older person. So all these things, I think, are very useful.
5: Yeah, yeah. And do you think this is going to be probably one of the most difficult winters for many people?
6: And yeah. That's why we sought funding for extra support for our volunteers, and wh- wh- which in turn will benefit the callers. And it's been so successful that we're kind of having a look. We might have something depending what the issues are in the spring. We, might, we our hope would be that we would put something else on that would be relevant to the issues that are coming up then.
5: Yeah, I mean, you've got a fantastic website by the way, and I was honoured um, over the weekend. And in advance of have you joining me? Do you mind if I read you some of the ones? I loved the section about the the senior helpline and what callers. Uh, we're, we're telling you. Do you mind if I read some of those? Because I, I think it really draws out to people and shows people what Senior Line is all about. This was Eileen, a 74-year-old living in Cardo. Eileen had 58 years of a very happy marriage. They had no children and she's no family living near her. She said loneliness is like a bad dream and you cannot be woken. You can't see the light of day. Every day is the same. Loneliness is like deadness. I feel abandoned. The hardest thing is going places alone. you surrounded by couples so I tend to stay at home Eileen uses senior helpline for company she rings every week looks forward to the contact she said we can chat about anything and it's a great comfort when you're on your own and then Noel is a 72 year old from Cork he said I found retirement very difficult and I didn't know what to do with myself I can't remember where I heard about the helpline And I don't know, and I didn't even know what they could do for me, but I found it very helpful just to tell somebody else how I was feeling. They listened and over time I began to feel better. Now I volunteer as a driver for the local hospital and my wife and myself have days out together uh, talking it over with someone they didn't know really uh, helped and just one more uh, final one Um, Oliver says the service is confidential I'm a private person and I wouldn't be telling my business to all of my neighbours but I can feel alone since my wife died and sometimes you just need to talk to somebody they're very good they listen and they treat you with respect I got into the habit of phoning once in a while they're now like friends and I just and on and on they go and they're just each one of them is a powerful testament for what senior line but like Oliver's one is right not all older people want to tell everybody their business but when you're talking to a stranger you can do it Absolutely to your question
6: exactly reaching out can be difficult and like the phone is wonderful for that once you you have your autonomy, you can be a non... You, can, you need only tell us as much as you want. But as we find as we get to know our callers, they want to tell us more and more. And that's lovely as well, because they feel we know them, which is so important to be known as your life goes on. And some of your friends have died and few people know you.
5: Yeah, it's almost like having a pen pal, but it's over the phone. You're physically, you're physically <laughs> exactly. jogged to something. And you, will you be available over Christmas? We're available
6: all over Christmas and like it's a sad thing to say in some ways that Christmas Day is a busy day. People phone us on Christmas Day and sometimes they have nobody else to talk to or they're on their own. Or maybe they're going out to family later but they're on their own for most of the day. So we're delighted to be there and we're just, it's, it's a very special day to be with people and we're, we're as I say, our free phone number open 10 to 10 everyday forty five ninety one. 80 1-800-80-45-91. And
5: we'd love to hear from you. One eight hundred eighty forty five ninety one, and that is, as Anne said, a, a free uh, phone. Listen and pleasure, as always. A happy and a peaceful Christmas to you, and here's to a great twenty twenty three.
6: Please God. Thank you very much. Look after Patricia. yourself. Take care. Don't Take you. care. Bye bye,
5: bye. bye bye. That's the wonderful Anne Dempsey from Senior Line. And please, uh, to anybody uh, listening, reach out to Senior Line. They're just an amazing bunch of volunteers and it's peer-to-peer support. Our number is 0818 103 103. And Anne listening to my chat with um, Anne Dempsey from Senior Line said, Patricia, I hate Christmas. And that saddens me to hear anybody say that they hate Christmas. And Anne was saying the same in Senior your line that they they've never heard so many people contact them to say they absolutely hate Christmas anyway Aran who has texted us says the reason that she doesn't like Christmas she said it makes me very sad so many of my loved ones have passed, ar- passed away around uh, Christmas so obviously there's all the anniversaries then and remembering the people that are no longer with us and said it's only Christmas is only for children and for teenagers I'll also be re- missing my grandchildren this year as they won't be coming from uh, abroad Oh, and hopefully you'll still have a happy and a peaceful Christmas and you'll have others that you will be able to call and see or they'll be able to call and uh, see you. And, you know, and don't like senior line who if if you feel lonely and you need to chat to somebody and you want to talk to a complete stranger. And as I say, it is peer to peer support. Keep Senior line, keep their number one 800 45 91 Write it down. Even you might never use it, but just to have it in case someday that you may, uh, you may need it. But we wish you nothing but a happy and a peaceful Christmas this year. Now, life as a full-time family carer can be very fulfilling, but it can also be very challenging, and at times it feels like you have to fight the system at every turn. Marion O 'Sullivan lives in bishopstown she 's been caring for her brother Stephen since their father passed away. Now that was back in two thousand and seven, and she joins me this morning to outline problems she 's been having trying to access Stephen, her brother 's state pension. Good morning to Marion. Good morning, Patricia. And you're very, you're very welcome to the program. Now, Stephen is coming up. To, obviously, he's 66th birthday. Is it? Yes. On Stephen's day, he'll be 66. Hence the reason he's called Stephen. He was a yes. He's in Stephen's Day a baby. So, he he would need to move then from a disability payment to the state payment to the state yes. pension. So, when did you start to apply?
2: I started to apply about three months ago
5: and was it was it complicated
2: oh my god i kept getting letters and letters about i didn't we didn't get your forms we didn't get this we didn't get that and it was so annoying it was not only was it annoying it was upsetting because you're saying if he doesn't get his pension in time i'm going to be down that money and it's very cold at the moment you know and Energy bills are very expensive.
5: And the fact that you applied three months ago, you, you knew you knew that this yeah. d- 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 you were, they, you were giving asked. them loads of time. I was giving them loads of time, but they actually tell you
2: to apply six months in advance. But, th- th-
5: th- but did they tell you they lost your forms?
2: They did. They said they didn't receive the forms. They were looking for more information. Now, I must say at the outset... There was a query put to them on Wednesday, and on Thursday, the um, inspector rang me and said the the query was because why was Cope not his agent any longer? Now Cope, as far as I'm concerned, were never his agent because I always did the filling in of the form, but it came in the disability came in through Cope, and that will stop when he's doing when he's getting his pension. Mm. So this was the story I got on Thursday yeah. and I was saying like, oh I said, you know, why is it no you're getting I know the query because I rang down Paul and asked him did
5: he put a query? Yeah, for them? we did. We, we we sent a query off to the department just to see in the hope that it might expediate it a little bit. So yeah, so that was the that was the query they received. So suddenly they're saying, Oh, there's a reason why. Yes. Yeah. 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 And has it now been sorted? And
2: it should be sorted. It will be sorted. I don't have to send anything else away to them.
5: So do they but now have your forms? Is that what they're saying?
2: They did, They now have the forms. Okay.
5: okay. And at one stage, did did Stephen's disability payment stop?
2: Last year, they rang me to say, uh, or they sent out the forms for him to get his pension. And I rang them. I said, first of all, I have to be his agent. He can't do this himself. And second of all, he's not the right age. So what they did then, they sent out the forms anyway. I got them all filled in. I had to get first shirts and everything. And I was in a boot at the time because I'd broken bones in my foot. And when I got the forms, sent them all away, later on, about a month later, they sent back and they said, Mr. Um, Mackey, you are not entitled to your pension. You're too young. And I was, yes, I know he rang me.
5: So oh God, it's frustrating, isn't it? <laughs> after Christmas, then
2: Cope rang me and they said, Look, don't worry about it. We we'll look after it anyway. We we'll pay him out his money because we'll get reimbursed. But they said they stopped his
5: disability his, his disability at Christmas. Which is what, 208 odd euros a week or something, isn't it? It's about 200. Yeah, it isn't. 200, it, 200, yeah. Yeah. It, isn't it isn't a huge sum of money. And that's no. the money that you rely on. To look after Stephen.
2: Stephen. Yeah. You know, and I rang them. I rang disability. They put me through to pensions. I rang pensions. They put me through to disability. And I must say, the guy was very unprofessional in the way he spoke. Um, and then he turned around and he said, "Oh, I know what happened. It's in the r- that those those forms are in the wrong pigeonhole."
5: It's and not- I was saying,
2: in this day and age. You're talking about a wrong pigeonhole, and my brother has got nothing for a month. If he wasn't attending COPE, I would have been in an awful state. I
5: know, I know. And how, how is he doing, Marion?
2: He, he's not good. He is was, I like, particularly last year, I didn't think he'd reach Christmas. He was so sick, like, he got a bad ear infection. His ear literally closed up completely. He was in hospital or he was in bed for a m- for about four months.
5: And r- remind us what happened, what, what's wrong with Stephen. Stephen was born perfect, wasn't it? Well, he wasn't perfect. He was always deaf. And
2: we think maybe there was a bit of autism there because oh, okay. he has. And then he fell down the stairs.
5: Yeah, he had an accident he when he discussed. was about four. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: But, but the
5: care, Marion, that you have to give Stephen...
2: The care, especially since lockdown, between lockdown now and the sickness of four months, it was just, he, I have to wipe his bathroom now. I have to shower him. I had to get the shower done then so I could walk into it with him, you know. So I had to put a lot of money into the house for Stephen. And then to have this happen. And he was so sick like really And of course was, he'd no. have
5: no understanding of what's going on or he'd, he'd have no knowledge that his payment has disappeared and there's a fight to get his payment or he, he'd have no understanding of that Marion. No absolutely no, no understanding no. of
2: that No
5: No of that. And, and c- even if he was would you tell him No of course you wouldn't You know Do you I get you respite
2: Do you get respite I do, you do I'm getting a bit more respite now because um. After my last interviews and the interviews I did for the paper, the echo on that, yeah. I seem to be getting more, interv- uh, more respite through the HSE, I'm getting some of
5: it. Great, great. That, that, that certainly is, is good to hear. It's shameful that you have to go public to tell your story in order to get it, but at least you're getting it so we won't, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take comfort yes. that, that, that you're getting it. Will he, But will Stephen be with you for Christmas? Yeah, He
2: doesn't live in Cope, he, stays, he lives with me.
5: Yeah, and what will Christmas be like, Mary?
2: Christmas, well, my daughter will come out with her two girls and my son will be there, so there'll be six of us for Christmas. She'll do the ham and uh, she'll do a roast ham, and she'll do mashed potatoes and a trifle and I will do the turkey and the rest.
5: Well, well done, well, well done. And the cost of living and the energy costs, are you finding it particularly difficult this year?
2: i tell you now, last, last week, the last two weeks, seven o'clock, I'd get up in the morning at seven and put on the heating because he's not moving and he feels the cold. So it was seven o'clock to nine o'clock that night the heating was on. You know, and that's quite expensive.
5: And how, how expensive. is the house heated? What, what do you use? It's, it's gas heating. Oh, the dreaded gas, but But you have to, you have to keep the house warm for him.
2: You have to keep the, you feel his hands and his feet. I bought him a big feather, a duck down duvet, do you know, to try and keep him warm? I had to buy him stockings to keep his feet warm because his circulation, because he's not moving around, is so poor that you'd have to keep him warm. Have to keep him warm.
5: And what does he like to do? What brings him joy?
2: What would bring him joy? He used to play with Meccano and he used to play with Lego. But that's gone now. He doesn't. Is it? He's not able for that anymore. His comprehension has gone way down. So it's people coming out. My daughter knows he loves my daughter.
5: You know. So your family, um, your family are good to you, Marion?
2: My own children, unfortunately. There's only two of them living in the city. The other two, one is in Germany and the other is in Dublin. But my daughter, in particular, even as a small child, he absolutely adored her, and she is so kind to him. Like,
5: that's her. We come
2: along and rub her hair and everything. Yeah. You
5: know, that's her uncle Stephen.
2: That's her uncle Stephen. Yeah. He was always her uncle Stephen.
5: Stephen. Yeah. Ah, uh, listen, uh, you're you're but but you're sorted. That's the main thing. That's the reason that we want to have it on. Okay, um, please and please God, the uh, payment will kick in from the week after Christmas. I'm assuming.
2: No, just before you go, Patricia, yeah. I had looked up the Ombudsman because I told them I was going to put in a complaint. Yeah. You have to wait, you have to uh, you have to write to them and with your complaint and then you have to wait six weeks for them to respond. Okay. But okay. I want that information to go out. You can get it on the
5: internet. Who is the ambassador? Yeah, he it's all there. Something. Yeah, it's all there. OK, listen, and, and, and keep uh, get back to us if there's any problems, uh, Marion. Uh, and in the meantime, listen, this is only a small little gesture. We have these €50 Euro, uh, super value vouchers and we'd like to send you one there so you can buy yourself and Stephen just a, a little bit of extra treats this Christmas. Oh,
2: Thank you I'll, so I'll put much. you
5: back out to uh, Bernie. Thank you, Marion. I'll put you back out to Bernie. I've got Marion there uh, just to get the, the email address uh, and, and we wish Marion and her family uh, nothing but um, a happy and a peaceful Christmas. Always uh, 18103103. 103. our lines are open. There was a lovely text in earlier, if I can find it from Pat. Thank you, Pat. say morning, Patricia. I want to wish you and yours the best Christmas filled with happiness and joy. God bless you for the new year and thank you for the past year. That's from Pat. Thank you Pat. I really appreciate that and many happy uh, returns uh, to you and uh, looking forward to what will probably be a busy Christmas of a lot of people coming to stay and uh, that's, I love it I love having having a busy household so it'll be a busy busy one but certainly I'm uh, looking forward uh, to it and as, the, as my late mother would have said this day next week will be St Stephen's Day so my late mother would have said oh, it'll be all over bar the shouting I never quite understood what that was but she's tossed to that a week out from St Stephen stayed. We all over by the shouting this time next uh, week but thank you uh, Pat for your text to 0862103103 Margaret is wondering if we can find out what's up with the There Without Water since yesterday afternoon in Derren Agree I've asked Bernie to bang an email off to Irish Water to see I'm assuming it's some kind of a burst pipe is it but just to make sure that they're aware of it and that they're working on it uh, so hang in there Ma- Margaret in Derren Agree as soon as we hear back from Irish Water I'll bring you an update on that can I give a quick mention to a raffle that's happening tomorrow in the Arch stores in Donnerale at 12 noon it's in aid of the wonderful charity Dogs for the Disabled who do incredible work William was on to say give it a shout out there's a day left if you want to purchase your tickets and the tickets are available from the Arch stores in Donnerale and 12 noon tomorrow they'll make the draw with lots of prizes and if you're a Bingo fan Bingo is on tomorrow night half past uh, 8 in Bantier and the usual buses will run now a couple of people have been on to us by text on some of the issues we've been discussing in the last hour. Somebody was listening to Marion talking about the problems that she had trying to get her brother Stephen transferred from his disability allowance onto his state pension And bless her heart, she's enough to be doing in that she's Stephen's full-time carer. And Stephen now, as he's getting older, bless his heart, is requiring more and more care. And to fill in all of those forms, and God knows those forms can be so tedious. And then to fill them in, to be told, oh no, we never received those forms. You must have sent them in and she had sent them in. And then there was additional information was uh, looked for somebody. As, and this is a good tip uh, for Marion and for anybody else applying for anything to do with any of the various departments, Department of Social Protection or whatever you are applying for to photocopy everything. Literally fill in your forms and then photocopy it all and get proof of purchase. Then this listener says, ring them up to say, I've just popped that in the post. I have the proof of purchase. And this listener says, don't resend anything. That's what I did. But keep a photocopy of everything. And if people are saying, where would I get it photocopied? A lot of the post offices actually offer a photocopying service. But a very simple one to do is, is to take, we all have cameras on our phones Take a photograph of the form that you've filled in. See so of all of the detail still on the form, and that'll be it'll be a photocopy of it uh, as well. But that is that is a good good piece of advice. Actually, I was filling in helping um, out a relative of of mine for the fuel allowance remember the changes to the fuel allowance are kicking in from the 1st of uh, January and it certainly means people over the age of 70 who previously because it's means tested who previously weren't entitled to the fuel allowance Big changes. Actually, we might. I might. When when we're back in the new year, we will we'll probably end up doing an interview just to let people know. Because I'm always fearful that something that gets announced in the budget, because it's so far out, it goes over people's heads and then people forget about it. But there are forms obviously that have to be filled in for the fuel allowance. But it was only when I filled in the form during the week to have it all ready to go, I discovered that there's a new fuel allowance form. For the people over the age of 70, because obviously it's a different criteria now that they're applying for rather than people under the age of 70. So just be aware of that. If you picked up a form previously, maybe at the post office, there's a different form for those over the age of 70. And just to make people aware of that, but make sure that you are applying, particularly for people who we would have have contacted this programme in the past, who were just a couple of euro over the means in order to get the fuel allowance. It's much more generous now the fuel allowance as and from the 1st of January so make sure that you reapply. I spoke about potholes because somebody was on about potholes in and around the McCroom area and was on to say the person who was on to you Patricia about the potholes is dead right. I was driving the Cork to McCroom road yesterday and believe me it's full of potholes I know where they are at this state, so I'm able to avoid it. Yeah, you see, the local knowledge is great when you're on a road like that. But it's when you're visiting new to an area or maybe now over Christmas, people will be travelling to visit loved ones. Mm -hmm. and not aware that there's, you know, you go around a bend and suddenly there's a big crater of a pothole. So please drive with care. Talking of fuel and cost of fuel. I was very interested to hear at the weekend and to see now in a lot of the papers today that the government is going to reconsider putting a price cap on energy bills in the new year. Now, this is coming despite the fact that the government had previously always warned that introducing a price cap on energy bills, they always said that that would pose a risk to the economy. But the Department of the Environment, Climate Action and Communications, that's Eamon Ryan's department, is now considering a price guarantee for a portion of the energy used uh, in households. And this was reported in yesterday's Sunday Business Post and it's been picked up by a number of papers today. And what the Department of the Environment has done is they've now tasked the Economic and Social Research Institute, the ESRI, with modelling possible price guarantees which would see households and other businesses allowed a portion of their average monthly energy consumption at a guaranteed price per unit and then anything exceeding the allowed level will be charged at the market price. The government obviously then would make up the difference between the guaranteed portion of energy use and the wholesale energy price paid by energy companies, whatever that would be. And that only comes months after the Minister for the Environment, Eamon Ryan, completely ruled out introducing uh, price caps. And I remember at the time, and I did think he made a fairly, a pretty much valid point. He was making the point that if you put price caps in place, just a blanket price cap in place, it'll benefit the better off because the better off are the ones who tendency to, ha- to use more energy and they don't bother they don't need to save on their energy bills because they're the better off they're the well off they have the money so they don't need to conserve energy and then suddenly there's a price cap so they're going to do even better and, um, and you know their bills will be re- reduced and obviously it was also going to hugely benefit the energy industry because there's always a theory if you put a price cap in place that the energy industry will say well we can charge what we like now because the government are going to pay the difference so under this scheme if they do run with it it would cover the difference between the average usage and the market price of energy so we would still be conserving energy where we can because we still will be worried about bigger bills but it would give certainly a bit of leeway to families who are struggling and during the week uh, during the week in politics that TV programme Simon Coveney actually was asked uh, about would he support such a policy and he he said he certainly would be open to doing more if we need to now he went on to explain that they do have this reserve fund there's 6 billion euro in that reserve fund and they've put that aside to help families and to help businesses particularly across next year they're already anticipating next year is going to be uh, tricky and he said we need to look at what is sensible and what is most impactful way to help people with their bills to put money back in people's pockets when they need it uh, the most and he said that goes for businesses as well as for homes. So it looks like they're open to the idea, they're mulling around the idea of some kind of a price cap on energy. And then I was listening to Barry on the news at 11. If you're an Electric Ireland customer, that's come out of the blue and a little bit of a surprise. Electric Ireland have stated this morning they're going to for forego profit from the residential electricity uh, business because you know they're accepting that their customers are continuing to face pressures from surging energy costs so what they've decided to do is for all of their residential customers they're going to give a 50 euro credit and it will be Applies to all residential electric customers, not business now, just the residential uh, electricity customers in the new year. Now, you do have to be a customer of Electric uh, Ireland. They've also increased their hardship fund. They have two million in this hardship fund. They're upping that to five million uh, euro. And they accept that 2022 was a very challenging year for their customers, mainly as a result of increases in international gas prices. And Pat Fenden is executive director of Electric Island he's quoted as saying we're acutely aware of the pressures that the customers are facing so we've decided we're going to do without the profits from residential business for this uh, year and by doing that we're going to give each of our customers a 50 euro credit into the new year now I'm assuming it'll just go on to your bill a little bit like the way the government credit goes on there'll be an extra 50 euro uh, put in they say the gov they, they say Electric Island are committed to helping customers particularly those that are facing extreme financial difficulty at the moment and they're encouraging customers in difficulty in paying their electricity bills to make contact with them so they can try to put in place some kind of a manageable payment bill in place. And of course, Electric Ireland, like a lot of the other energy companies, they were well, if they, they put up their bills and they put up their cost of electricity by quite an amount across the last year. I mean, the last increase in Electric Ireland would have been on the 1st October when electricity and gas went up. Now, previous to that, they put up the price of electricity only in August. So there's only a few months between the rise in August and the amount in October. In October, for example, electricity bills went up by 26.7% and the gas customers, their bills went up by uh, 37.1%. So the, Now they said at the time and they continue to say, to say that the price hikes are due to the unprecedented increase in the international energy market and the impact on wholesale gas prices. But at least they've come out and said, because there's always the argument being that all of these energy companies make huge, huge profits. So they're saying, look, we're going to forego profits from the residential electricity business for this year. And instead, we're going to give something back to the customers. Let's watch this space and see, will other electricity providers follow suit because that has a tendency to happen when one jumps in to say look we're going to give something back I think straight away during Covid times with the health insurance and we were all wondering what we were paying health insurance for we had a period of time where the private hospitals were closed and people weren't getting going into hospitals uh, anyway and people were wondering why they were paying so all of the health providers started giving some refunds back to customers and again it was like a trickle effect once one company did it the others realised that we're going to have to do the same thing or we lose customers so I imagine that Electric Ireland are first out of the blocks on this one. As I say, let's watch this space and will other electricity providers do the same thing? But if you're an Electric Ireland customer, you can expect a €50 credit from the company in the new year. 0818 103 103 Bernie, taking your call. C103 Jobs Construction worker wanted for a new housing development. Now that's in Court McSherry and the work will start in the new year. CVs please to jobs at HamiltonFrench.com Electrician apprentices are wanted for a North Cork electrical supplier of solar P- PV electrical vehicle chargers energy monitoring and electrical contracting. You can email Dylan with your CV and the email address is office at An experienced house cleaner is wanted to work in the Fomoy area. It's three hours per week. Call 087- 9299655 and Southern Southern Tree Services are looking for a freelance ground operative to work with a busy tree surgery crew in Cork Owen, is you're contacted at 086 066 0269 you'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Now last week I saw where the Mayor of Cork County, Councillor Danny Collins, who also happens to be a full-time publican, said that rural pubs are facing closure. And he said they've been left behind by the Government's Temporary Business Energy Support Scheme. And to tell us what is going on, I'm joined by the Cork Chair of the Witness Federation of Ireland, and that's Michael O'Donovan. Good morning to you, Michael. Good morning. And you're, and sure. you're, and you're very welcome. Now this is to do... And was something I wasn't aware of. This is to do with premises who are not connected to the natural gas pipeline. These owners, it seems, can't, play, can't claim back on heating oil or LPG gas. Is that the case?
1: That's unfortunately the case. And when we learned of this, I suppose, in early October, uh, we um, said about uh, asking the Department of Finance why this anomaly took place. And for the last 10 weeks, we've been... Uh, questioning it and um, I suppose pushing them that this has to change because it's discrimination Uh, just because you live in rural Ireland outside the M50. um, Many of our members, which is about 1,500 we we, um, know that are affected, a lot of them would use kerosene to heat their pub and premises and uh, a number as well have liquefied natural gas LPG. um, And unfortunately under the terms of the... TBESS, as you said, the Temporary Business uh, Energy Scheme that they have at the moment, they are excluded from the scheme. Um, And uh, I think the prospect of them closing in January and maybe into February is very high because uh, from meetings that we've had in the last number of weeks and calls that I've been taking from people... um, They are talking about closing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, come January and February on the leaner days. And even some publicans are talking about maybe closing for a week or two uh, to cut the costs because the kerosene this time last year was circa 60 cent a litre. It's now this morning, I was checking it a while ago, it's one thirty a litre this morning, so it's 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 increased hugely. And, and yeah,
5: and that's even slightly down on what it was a couple of weeks a couple of weeks ago, but it's still astronomically high. It is more than double. So you're talking about small rural pubs what they were paying last year. You're guaranteed they're paying double, if not more, on their heating bills.
1: It is, and you have to remember that you know if a lot of the rural pubs might not open until four o'clock in the evening, but the premises have probably been heated from maybe two or three, and it's going until ten o'clock at night. Talking to many publicans, they use a thousand litres of kerosene every eight weeks. You yeah. know, so so like when you're when you're mounting that up in November, December, January, February, March, April, it's a hefty increase on what you were doing last year on it, and this is why we've been. I suppose, uh, uh, lobbying the government for the last number of weeks that there has to be some, uh, um, I suppose, repayment to these members because members that are on the uh, natural gas line um, have a huge advantage in being able to claim 40% of their difference in the bills from this time last year to now. And unfortunately... Those um, that can't do that are excluded. So we and, think it, that and that's it's very and it,
5: it is very unfair because you say vast areas of rural Ireland can't access natural gas. It's it's not a choice; they just can't access it.
1: Yeah, it's it's not available to them, and we have uh, I suppose made this well known to the department. But um, as of. Friday evening, they still haven't changed their mind on it and they're still saying um, no, that they're, it's only for those that have the the gas pipelines and the metres that they want to accept. And have which, they
5: said why?
1: Um, no, they haven't given us reasons why. It's just uh, that it, they've set out the terms and conditions of the scheme um, on the Revenue Commissioner's website and um, I suppose ourselves and other organisation because there's many businesses, small businesses as well that are affected by this that would use kerosene mm. um, not just publicans. So of it's, course, of course it's, uh, yeah.
5: and, it's, um, and it's very much uh, a divide around the country it's very much people in rural areas who can't access natural gas that this is affecting.
1: Yeah it is, it's, this is totally on rural Ireland uh, as you said those that aren't on the main pipelines the, They can't get this. And as I said, we have 1500 members around the country and it's nearly a third of our membership that are that are affected by this. So this has been something that we look when the budget was announced on the 27th of September and a couple of days after when we saw the detail of the the scheme, we we saw the glaring omission of it and we highlighted it then and we've been highlighting it since. But unfortunately, um, it's falling on deaf ears at the moment.
5: And as publicans, um, Michael, is there anything you can do to reduce your energy use?
1: Yeah, look, we put together a video that all the members have got in the last number of days. um, And like, I suppose, steps that we've all been taking and that we've been saying, is, you know, our cooling system is probably one of the heaviest users of electricity that we have in our premises. So we've been putting them on timers um our fridges as well we've been putting on timers and here to now we never did this but um, I suppose look it's, it's eye-opening for us all to try and save electricity as much as we can Um so you know most members are are doing that at the moment um, and like turning on their I suppose when, when the bar closed at night uh, setting the timers to close down the uh, cooling system on the beer lines and a couple of hours before it opens uh, each day to have the system back up and running along with the fridge. As you say, you never
5: never would have done that in the past. That wouldn't even have been thought about.
1: No, it wouldn't, but it's, uh, look, I suppose it's it's good that it's highlighted now, but unfortunately it's come about because of the astronomical rise that we've seen in in energy costs that's forced us to, to do this.
6: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up.
3: Plushcare.com/slash/weight-loss. We, you
1: know, every, we everybody's kind of done the LED light bulbs at this stage,
3: so
5: yeah.
1: um, that we're, we're taking that really as a given because you can't really get the others at the, uh,
5: currently. So and there is a saving there for sure. We we had um, some listeners last week. Now it wasn't a pub; it was uh, a restaurant, and uh, they had to leave their coats on and felt that the restaurant was very. Chilly. That just—it felt as if the heating was wasn't on, or if it was on, it was turned down. Is that something publicans are are doing, or have you heard of that?
1: No, I I, I haven't heard of that at any of our meetings across the city or county over the last number of weeks. But um, I suppose, look, um, if the pub isn't cosy, people probably you know mightn't come in, and um, I think it's one of the things people like to see is um, what traditionally we're known for is an open fire if there is one or. A stove and to have the the pub nice and warm, so um, without having the, the dash, you know, it's it's not enticing for customers mm. to come in. So and have won't,
5: heard yeah, and people won't stay and have a few drinks if they're if they're if they're sitting there frozen. Busiest time of the year, though, Michael, uh, for your industry, um, are you doing well? How how what what are you hearing from your members?
1: Yeah, look. It's it, it's mixed really, uh, Patricia, you know, like it's, um, I suppose, it's what we're seeing the last couple of weeks, especially in the city, is it's very condensed um, in that people are out Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. Yesterday now was a difference with the World Cup. It was busy as well, um, but it's very condensed. Where in other years, you know, the the, the two weeks before Christmas it would have been busy every night. Where Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we are seeing a noticeable drop that people just aren't out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And what I'm hearing from colleagues uh, across the, um, I suppose, the county is that um, you know people people are being careful in what they're spending.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, availability of taxis, is that an issue? It, it, it's come up, but I
1: think, you know, um, I suppose in the city they're lucky that there's a bus service. I know in the county it's it's not available, but um, I think people this time of year are... are you know, making plans and making sure that they have everything in place for going out and getting home. Mm. So um, I think it's at the moment, it's not a major issue, but it is uh, it's it's constantly, I think, something that's brought up at all our meetings, the availability of taxis for people to get home safely. So
5: 2023 is going to be a very difficult time for the industry, isn't it? Particularly those early few months
1: yeah, look, January, February, um, it's been well flagged. You know, we have, I suppose, in February, the increase in the VAT rate coming down the tracks for food, going from nine and a half percent to thirteen, which um, I suppose will make us uh, an expensive destination to come to for for visitors, tourists, come the summer season when they'll be looking at other countries that are holding the VAT rate at 7 or 9% and we're increasing it. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a challenging year ahead. Um, I think the forecasts, you know, from airline carriers and the uh, ferries coming in are good. But I suppose when people will sit down and start making payments on uh, their holidays, it's, it's a fear that we might be classed as an expensive destination. So we're, we're hoping tourists will come. Um, in, in big numbers again uh, to what they were in 2019, because we really need it, you know, for next summer. But mm-hmm. um, we have a worry that the government might be making the wrong decision here and making the 9% fat rate, taking it back to 13.5%.
5: And drink is going to go up in the new year as well, isn't it, from the breweries?
1: Um, well, yeah, Heineken have already increased on the 1st of December. But, yeah. um, like, um, we Bulmers are holding steady until March. Um, and I suppose, yeah, look, we're. Where we're sitting at the moment, I suppose there's an expectation that other breweries will will make a decision in in early 23, so that will have a, a knock on effect on us as well.
5: Okay, okay, all right. Listen, uh, all we can do is wish you um, a happy and a busy Christmas as well, Michael. How's your own pub doing? Is it busy?
1: Yeah, look, we're busy. Thank God, uh, tipping away. So this is look. If you're not busy these couple of weeks coming up to Christmas and New Year's. Um, you would be very disappointed so yeah we're busy at the moment thank okay,
5: God OK listen happy and a peaceful Christmas and thank you for all your contributions during the year I know we'll be speaking again in 2023 but in the meantime thank you for taking our call this morning
1: thank you happy Christmas and a healthy new year to you too many thank happy you.
5: returns bye, bye bye that is uh, Michael O'Donovan who is the Cork Chair of the Vintners Federation of Ireland and it you know we could lose a lot of our rural or a number of our rural pubs and it would be a real shame particularly in those areas where the almost the last business standing is the small rural pub o eight one eight one oh three one o three, and by the way, just to we had Margaret and Darren agree who was on saying if I could find out for her please why they are without water since yesterday afternoon in Derren Agree. so we got on to Irish water who've come back to say there are no alerts for Derren Agree at the moment so there isn't a water outage so it could be an issue on your own property Margaret that you need to check out. But Irish Water telling us that there isn't. They don't have any alerts for the Darin Agree area. O eight one eight one oh three one oh three. I mentioned emailing are not emailing. I mentioned photocopying. This was advice when Margaret was on talking about trying to apply for the state pension for her brother. And when she sent it all off to the department, the department said they never received it. And there was a big koha cool going on. And she was getting panicky that his state pension was going to be delayed and that he would lose his disability allowance and there would be no money coming in for him for a period of time. But she could just be very frustrated with the department saying, No, you never sent those in. And she had sent them all in. And somebody said to photocopy everything that you send into the department. Or any form you're filling in for a passport whatever it is photocopy it and keep a copy uh, of it Francis in the city says any public library will photocopy documents I didn't know that no and she said the staff all always very helpful I tell you the staff in our libraries across Cork City and County and indeed across the country they're, they're just a wonderful bunch of people and I didn't realise that service was available they will photocopy uh, documents uh, Margaret in Cloyne says he always gets proof of purchase for documents when he sends them to social welfare but that is another tip for people you need to do that Margaret in Carrick filled in the old form for the fuel allowance she didn't realise there was a new one she phoned them up and they said the old form will be fine so she sent it off her, her post office doesn't have the new forms yeah I, how I ended up getting the new form uh, Mary was I went online and I downloaded it because I, I couldn't find a copy of the new one anywhere else so that's good to know that they are accepting the old ones just having filled in the old one and filled in the new one they look they seem to look I seem to be putting doing more writing on the old form than I did on the new one if that's really use to anyone and Mary Mill Street was on she wants to say a huge thank you to the staff at the medical assessment unit in Cork University Hospital she was there a month ago and she said the staff were very kind and they were very efficient and that is good to hear and it's always good to call call it out because how often do we hear about CUH and God help us it's not the staff's fault but how often do we hear about people waiting on trolleys or hours inside in A&E so it's always good when you know people have went above and beyond and um, it's always good to recognise them as well so well done to the staff at the medical assessment unit in CUH and Mary hopefully you're doing fine after your recent uh, stay there Oh eight one eight one zero three one zero three. 103 103 Bernie's taking calls you can text or WhatsApp to 0862 103 103.
3: You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
5: And our monthly insurance chat with Paul Kavanaugh, who is with McCarthy Insurance uh, Group. And Paul joins me. Uh, good morning to you, Paul. Good
3: morning, Patricia. Uh,
5: and uh, the cold snap, thankfully, behind us for now. But God knows that could really come back at any uh, stage. Uh, you want to talk to us about during the festive um, season, we're into Christmas week, making sure that we're winter ready, I suppose.
3: Well, well, that's it, really, because I suppose the cold snap came on us very quick and caught a number of people off guard, to be honest with you. There was a lot of accidents and people fell, and we didn't want that. I, I suppose we thought it wasn't going to happen, but it did happen, and a lot of people were giving out about the, the warnings that were being issued, but um, those that didn't heed them uh, fell foul of them. So I suppose what I'm saying is that we need to be aware that they're making um, these warnings and we need we need to take heed, and there's just a number of things... Yes, I think the cold spell will be back, according to uh, Car- Carlo, the forecasting there. So um, we've we, we got to be ready and you got to make sure that your pipes are OK and that nothing's going to freeze or, or that you... One of the biggest problems we have is when people go uh, go on holidays for Christmas, go away and close up their house and turn off the heating, which, do you know what I mean? They're inclined to do it because of the cost of heating. I the know, I
5: know, but you need so to leave it on time or for some period of the day
3: degrees you know what I mean yeah. so that at least it comes on to, to, to keep the pipes and everything and the house warm in some format, or else you could find it, it all happened if you will remember back or just over 10 years ago 2000 and, 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 and 10 2011 we got two snaps people came back from holidays and from being at home and wherever they were and to, to find the water flowing out the front door
5: houses destroyed okay destroyed. and in the in the event of a burst pipe what do you do
3: well, the first thing is it's an emergency, so I think some of the ads in the television depict it quite well. Ring the emergency line. McCarthys have their own emergency line: 0818 911 24/7. I would one of the things I want to suggest to people this morning is that they write down those numbers because uh, whether, whether whether their insurance company uh, number, or their or their breakdown number, or their accident number, or you know that they have those numbers ready in the event of something going wrong. So that they can take care of it as quickly as possible and get the best possible
5: advice. Mm. And, and do, I mean, do, otherwise do, your it, Christmas could be ruined? Over yeah, and do tomorrow. you do you, if you can look, be are lucky enough to access a plumber asap? Do you get mm-hmm. the plumber in immediately?
3: Immediately, yeah. Oh yeah, turn off the water at the mains. That's 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 what they'll probably tell you on the phone anyway. So don't delay with that one. Actually, a lot of people don't even know where their water is at the mains, whereas the stockcock cock outside the house, everyone has one. So know where it is and be ready to turn it off.
5: Yeah, yeah, because that will obviously lessen the impact of the damage because there is nothing worse than damage from from flood damage. And it's usually during a cold spend. You can't have the heating on and everything's turned off and it's dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. So have those emergency uh, numbers at at hand. And obviously, Christmas time, candles. I'm a big fan Uh of burning candles, but we need to be so careful.
3: So, so careful with candles. Don't leave the house or go to bed with the candle on. And if you have extinguished it, make sure it's extinguished. So that's the, And the same with fires. Uh, also, the old Christmas lights. Somebody said to me this morning, how do you know an old Christmas light from a new one? The old ones are the ones where you can take out the bulbs. The bulbs just pop out of them and we get replacement bulbs and we used to do it and we keep the same set and you just keep replacing them. They're the old ones. Do not leave the house or go to bed with those switched on. They are mains electric, whereas the LED are way safer. Mm. The new the new type ones and definitely the battery ones, no problem whatsoever. But we, every year it happens. We have Christmas trees going on fire. We have candles falling over. Uh, and, and once again, total upset for everyone in the house then after that.
5: I could I put in my own top and say worth on this one because it only happened to me last week. Have uh, candles in containers. I had a candle that, you now we were in the house, everything was fine. It burnt down but it, the wax leaked all over the carpet. Now I got it, I, was, I have all the tricks. I know how to get rid of it with an iron and brown paper and all that but it took hours to clean up hours, so have them in containers please. Now theft of home heating oil sadly yes. Paul we're hearing more and more of this.
3: Absolutely I think we heard the case during the week of somebody in McCroom, uh, who they heard something in the middle of the night and wasn't quite sure what it was and I suppose that happens to us all uh, but it was a, uh, it was described as a big white van pulled up and emptied the men's tank of 600 litres of oil. Just like that, yeah. gone in minutes. Um, he wasn't quick enough for. He didn't take much notice when he heard it. And but if if you see, there should be no vans around the place. You know, two, three, four o'clock in the morning, in, in the depth of the darkness. They, sh- they shouldn't be around. And in rural areas, in particular, if you see one, do something about it. Report it.
5: Are you covered in your house insurance if your someone wants to know if your oil is stolen?
3: Yes, if your oil is stolen, yes, you are you are covered. Unfortunately, and we've mentioned this before, it's the mess that it can leave if they pull their... But these people don't care, you see. They're selling this oil on the black market or selling it to their friends or maybe even using it themselves. We don't know. We're trying to get to the bottom of that. And the Gardaí, I'm sure you'll have him on during the week, will be giving that type of advice as well. Don't buy oil on the black market, please, because it's coming from... It's
5: more than likely been stolen. Yeah, yeah. Or
3: some farmer that's after being ripped off. So... When they're, if, when they're taking this oil out, they have got pumps, they've got tanks inside in their vans. Actually, I even heard of an oil truck being used up the country. So these people are, are taking the oil out of their tank. They're not worried about you. There'll be oil everywhere and the smell and the, and the environmental impact of the oil it can be horrendous. Yeah, I'm you, talking you, about yeah, thousands you, of euros of damage. Your, gar,
5: your garden can be absolutely uh, destroyed. And your neighbours. And okay you know, and you know when I mentioned can, can can you claim you you say you can but if there's excess on house insurance can you explain that the excess yeah, on you, your policy
3: Yeah you have an excess on the policy but we will cover you up up to the amount of oil sources some are 600 euros some are 1000 euros uh if there is an excess on the policy and they all vary so you need to check it then that's the amount that you have to bear yourself. So, for example, if if there was a 250 excess and there was 500 uh, euros worth of oil taken, you would only get 250.
5: And the reason that we go for excess is it brings down the cost of the premium isn 't it
3: correct, but there's a lot of standard excesses as well oh, is there? so some some people go for higher excesses to to make the premium cheaper, so i 've seen ones with a thousand euros and they, once again then they 'll have no claim if there is a thousand euros worth of oil stolen, and we all know the cost of oil yeah is yeah, a, yeah, serious commodity at the moment and I, I myself, I've put a lock on on the tank and everything, and I'm I've I a camera on the side of the house. <laughs> I suppose I'm paranoid that someone's going to steal my oil.
5: I know we're all. Everyone is watching. I mean, and, and I just think when something goes up in price, then it becomes a much valued commodity, and hence the reason we haven't spoken about oil theft from tanks in in years. But it's no, just but because but, but because but of the cost at the moment. Drop, um,
3: I think it was Monday it happened last weekend and happened in McCroom where we got exact details of what went on Uh, so they are out there so be careful, and if you see white vans going around the place or any type of event going around the place at two, three, four o'clock in the morning, you have to question what the hell is going on and where they going up my road and
5: ring, the guards. You know, ring the guards, ring the guards, ring the guards, and get out your camera on your phone and take a picture, get as much Correct. detail as you can. Now as we're into people. we're into Christmas uh, week. Yep. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about scramblers and scooters, and yep. you know some children will be receiving these as Christmas presents. You want to give some warnings to parents.
3: Absolutely. And and parents have said it to me. Why why can't I buy my 14-year-old a scrambler? Uh, The answer is there'll be no insurance whatsoever in it. They they won't be able to get a license and it's totally illegal. And, And you're taking, you're putting their life in jeopardy actually by letting them out on a scooter and somebody else's life in jeopardy as well. And the scooters are not too far off the mark because The new legislation that's coming out from this government will state that there is no insurance required on e-scooters. And so if they knock down an old lady or a man, or God help us, any one of us, if they cause an accident, there will be no insurance whatsoever. There will be no one to claim from. If if a motorist knocks them down, obviously, a scooter, and and the motorist is at fault, then yes, there is cover under the under the policy or under the Motor Insurance Bureau, but they've made it quite clear over the weekend that there is no cover coming down the line. It's not the intention of the government. They will be the same as bicycles as long as they're under the 25 kilometre per hour speed limit. And,
5: and they that, can... That, I've the seen some of these scooters and they do... They can really build up speed.
3: They can. They can absolutely build up speed. Now, there are souped-up ones as well. Mm. Um, and, and they're, they'll have to be treated by some type of legislation to insure them in some format. And I'm not looking to insure them, may I tell you, and, and I'd be surprised if there will be any insurance companies coming out the same as there isn't under your house insurance. Under your house insurance, three companies will cover your e-bike. Only three there's ten, twenty companies out there. There's only three covering e-bikes, and that's e-bikes under twenty-five kilometers per hour. So, scooters. if you
5: if you purchase an e-bike before you purchase, check with your you home know, insurance company.
3: Absolutely. And then, sure if you if cover. you
5: if you're with a company that doesn't cover an e-bike, can you take out you a separate? Have sep- to move. Oh, you, you can't take out a separate policy first. No, no, no. there's
3: nobody there's nobody out out, out there. Uh, there is one company, I believe, online that you can, but it's very expensive to cover an e-bike uh, separately, totally separately, and that is a, a way of looking at it that it could be done.
5: Do you think? But the e-scooters,
3: do you, do you, there is no household insurance company covering the e-scooters.
5: If you had, could have a word in the government's ears, ear, do you think that they should ch- they, they should bring out insurance? They should force them to have insurance.
3: Yes, I, I think there should be, of course there is, because if, 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 as we said at the very start, if you, I, an elderly person, whoever, a child gets injured by one of these e-scooters, where, where, is, where are they going to go? Who, who's going to look after them?
5: Yeah, yeah, you're right. OK, and then a final one, and this again is to the parents of young drivers, uh, the zooped up, the modified cars. Yeah,
3: the ZOOP, We've come across it again. I came across it a number of times in the last few months. That insurance companies are clamping down on these. They don't want them on the road. And parents need to be aware what is going on. Are there, are if a car is modified and it enhances its performance? But I've seen insurance companies as well saying, "Oh no, uh, they put on a, a stainless steel exhaust. Uh, we're not covering that vehicle." Okay, it's a serious situation, and it needs to be. It needs to be checked out immediately
5: because policies are being cancelled you're saying
3: policies are being cancelled we've seen them we've helped people
5: and nobody wants to be on the road in a car that you think is insured and and it's not All right, listen great advice as always have a great Christmas Paul
3: and the same to you and can I just say Patricia to wish you John Paul all the staff at C103 and all the listeners a safe and happy Christmas and we'll see you all in the new year
5: looking forward to it thank you for that uh, Paul and many happy returns Uh, bye bye that is Paul Cavanagh who is with McCarthy Insurance Group and I send Christmas greetings to Margaret in Tallow for her lovely WhatsApp thank you for that and thinking of Marcia Christmas many happy returns to you Margaret who also says did you see Andrea Bocelli and his family on the late late on Friday night were they not outstanding (laughs) they were my goodness his daughter was just incredible and of course the talent uh, doesn't fall far from the tree does it not yeah absolutely loved uh, seeing them thank you for that Margaret and happy Christmas uh, to, to you and all the best for 2023 now we're trying to get to the bottom of what's going on with water in Derren Agree this started with a text in earlier this morning from a listener Margaret one of our listeners saying could we find out what was going on she's without water since yesterday afternoon so we got on to Irish Water and they came back to us and said uh, by way of a press they said oh they, they did say a press release is on the way we haven't got that press release yet, but they do say that due to weather conditions of late and high usage, some areas are struggling. And they uh, on the list, they have Fremont, Drameina, Newmarket, Kanturk, Bohabui, Muylin. Knocknagree Pally Desmond Kiss Game and Kilbrin, but there's no mention at all of Derrynagree being without water not struggling but without water so we're waiting to see there's something going on because Anne has been on to say she was on to Irish water yesterday they're aware that there's a problem with water outage in Derrynagree Derry they promised it would be back on by 7am this morning so she said they're well aware that there's is an issue I mean it's obviously it's a burst pipe is it or something she said even the school in Derrynagree has no water and obviously if they They have no water. They have no heating. That is incredible. Okay, we'll get back on again to Irish Water and to say, while we accept there are areas that are struggling and we thank them for pointing out the areas that are struggling. What we want to know is what's happening in Derry and Agree. They have no water. It's not that they're struggling. They have no uh, water. Now, we spoke about scooters in the last hour on our insurance slot and how dangerous some of these are electric scooters can be and we've often on this programme had people on talking about near misses somebody stepping out of a shop and somebody flying down on footpaths in particular you'll see young people it's not just young people it's adults as well but just if you collide with somebody they can do I think it's up to 25 kilometres an hour they can really pick up speed John from the city was on today he was knocked down by a scooter and he was badly injured and of course there's no insurance you can't claim insurance from the person who knocked you down John wants to point out that the green Party want people to use these scooters. It's on their agenda and they're in government and something needs to be done about it. And someone else was on about Martin in was on to say ban scooters and fine anyone who acts the fool on them. He says there's a serious problem in Formoy. Now, he's citing young people using uh, scooters. Yeah, there's no insurance. That's the whole problem. Actually, Martin in was also on the same Martin to say he's been waiting for repairs to his uh, house, um, council house, since last Thursday. He has no cold or hot water because the system that they have this is this air to water system that the council is installing in so many houses. And we're told environmentally it's so much better for us. But there's a problem with his heating system because of that. We can't put on the heating because the air to water works from that. So, therefore, they have no showers. They have no water in the toilets. He says we're frozen. He said somebody from the council came out and turned off the water at the mains but never turned it back on again. Now he's been told that they need a new pump to circulate the water around the house but nobody has called to us since Thursday uh, to replace the pump. The neighbours have been so kind. One neighbour actually got the water in the cold tap back up and running in the kitchen for uh, Martin and uh, he says it's just not good enough to be waiting since Thursday particularly that cold spell that we had at the weekend and now while it's a bit milder thank God for you uh, Martin it is bitterly cold I'd be back on to them again and roaring at them <laughs> we don't have to roar at them but be back on and remind them Martin that you're sitting there since uh, Thursday you got through probably what certainly the coldest spell that we've had this winter and to do that without heating that is tough tough uh, going on registering sending things in the post and then the department saying they never received it somebody says hi Patricia I never, ever, ever send anything anymore unless I register it at the post office. They're forever saying that they haven't received the forms. And that's, it's unfair that you have to do that because by registering something at the post office, there's a cost involved in that. You should be just able to stick a stamp on it and uh, send it in. Hi Patricia, I heard this is when I mentioned the electricity credit that Electric Ireland are saying today they're going to forego profits from the residential electricity business and instead they're giving all of their customers a 50 euro credit it'll be applied to everybody's bill in the new year. Now I emphasise it's for Electric Ireland customers only but I'm wondering will other customers follow suit. Somebody says Patricia, SSE Electricity said months ago that they would be forgoing profits and they'd be setting up a hardship fund for vulnerable customers of 59 euro a month and they'd be doing it for 6 a month so I did a quick check Um, you see SSE Electricity, all of the companies have this hardship Fund. The last one I can find from SSE Electricity, though they did announce something back in June, but in November of this year, they did say that they were, do you know, they said they were forgoing uh, profits, but they certainly said that they were putting money into a hardship fund. Let me just see, SSE Electricity, they are putting all of their funds from this financial year into helping families struggle with the cost of uh, living. They have more than 700,000 homes and businesses across the, uh, across the island who get their electricity or their gas from SSE Electricity. Now, bearing in mind, they made a profit of 17 million in the half year um, up to, I don't know if that was up to November. But anyway, they're putting the money into energy support programmes and they in November, mid-November, they announced millions of euro was going to the Society of St Vincent de Paul and the company's own hardship fund. But I can't see anywhere where they've announced that they're doing similar to what Electric Ireland has decided to do where they're paying every single customer, they're going to put 50 euro credit. But yes, they do have a hardship fund similar to the one that Electric Ireland has now increased from 2 million to uh, 5 million. Oh, 0818 103 103. Bernie continues to take your calls. Dermot Kelleher was on from the ICSA to say there are reports in the papers that the national herd is to be cut. He wants to emphasise that that is not true. Dermot, with the ICSA, has had several meetings this week and there's no agreement to cut the herd. I did read, I'm assuming it's the piece in the paper you're talking about where there's talks about cutting the herd and cutting the number of cars on the, on the road. I did see a report on that um, earlier on, but... Uh, Dermot says there is no talk certainly at the moment or no agreement that the herd is to be uh, caught and that will certainly come as comfort to anybody in the farming uh, community. And then a wonderful, wonderful email in and this with everybody with Christmas and there's the people who are looking forward to Christmas and there are people who are dreading Christmas and the people who are going to find Christmas particularly hard this year. Because of the financial circumstances, and there are other people who simply, for whatever reason, don't like Christmas. We had one of our listeners earlier saying that they associate Christmas with the loss of family members and close, close friends, because a lot of anniversaries occur at this time. So that is understandable. But Margaret writes to say hello, Patricia. Listening to people who say they hate Christmas, and that was kicked off from by Anne Dempsey of Senior Line to say her volunteers are starting to hear, and they've never heard it so much as they're hearing this year. People actually voicing that they hate Christmas and it's upsetting to the volunteers uh, to hear that, Margaret said. Anyway, listening to people who say they hate Christmas, I just want to say a few things. I've written to you before about my early Christmases experiences as a child. As alcohol was a feature in our house, you never knew what was coming. So as a child, I was constantly anxious. It could go well, but even if it did go well, the anxiety spoiled it anyway. Patricia, it never leaves you. And as Uh, And these times are stressful and sometimes only if you allow them to be. I've learned over the years that you can only cope with what you are faced with at that particular time. What I do hate with the passion is the illusion of Christmas and what it should be like. It is never, ever like it is in the movies. It's never singing carols around a piano with your loved one when you suddenly look out the window and the snow is falling just at the stroke of midnight. Christmas is a time when we really do put too much emphasis on the commercial side of the day. Margaret says, you can only eat one dinner. You can only eat so many sweets. You can only eat so many leftovers. The shops are only closed for 24 hours. There are only so many Christmas movies you can watch. Make your own plans. Make your own routine. Relax into the day. You really have to be happy in your own self and in your own company. You know, Patricia, the loneliest place in the world can be is in a very large crowd. I remember my loved ones with a visit to the graveyard and I always light a candle in their memory. We must learn the value of ourselves in the community and if we isolate ourselves, then we will remain isolated. If we need help, we must reach out because there is often sadness behind a smile, but it's just not identified. Don't say I'm fine if you're not. Confide your concerns to a good listener. Don't Don't get over Christmas. Embrace it says Margaret, there is a wise, wise woman is Margaret who is one of our regular listeners. Thank you for that Margaret and I wish you nothing but a happy and a peaceful Christmas this year and thank you for taking time out to uh, contact us and that's uh, Margaret uh, emailing patricia at c103.ie and you know what because I was so taken by the sentiments that was contained in that lovely, lovely email. We've got another one of those um, super value vouchers we have a number of them and we're, we're giving them away and we want to get, get them away in time for Christmas I'll get on to Bernie and I'll get Bernie to send Margaret on one of those 50 euro super value v- vouchers and Margaret I want you with that 50 euro to treat yourself and to get yourself something nice at this uh, Christmas and thank you for emailing the programme 0818 103, 103 our lines are open Bernie is taking your uh, calls if you've got questions for Annalise Drussell on Nutrition Therapist, now is the time to get those in. You can text her WhatsApp to 0862 103
0: 103. The C103 Cork
5: Diary.
3: With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing, community and business supports all across the county. See corkcoco.ie. And a reminder
5: to you that the Slattery family in Leitrim, Kilworth are fundraising for the Cork Mental Health Foundation and they're doing it through their display of Christmas lights. The lights are on every evening in December from five in the evening until nine at night and all donations are very welcome. And as we mentioned earlier there's a raffle in the Arch stores in Donnerale. It's in aid of the Irish Guide Dogs for the Disabled. It's happening tomorrow at midday but you can buy your lines at the store in advance of the draw tomorrow. And following a request from Bandon Business Association the Bandon College of Further Education are planning on running a free part time course. It's Introduction to Retail Skills. It will begin in February of next year. Now, it's suitable for young people or people who have retired and may wish to work part time. More information by simply contacting Bandon Further Education and Training Centre. Bingo is on in Moore tomorrow night. They've got a jackpot of €3,350 uh, euro. And let me squeeze in some Christmas Day swims. And I've so much admiration for people who take to the water on Christmas Day. Joe Bottomer from Innishannon is doing a Christmas Day swim. It's in aid of the Mercy Hospital as a thanks for the excellent care they've given him during his recent illness. More information on idonate.ie forward slash fundraiser forward slash Joe Bottomer team and Skull Christmas Swim will take place 12 noon on Christmas Day at the Skull Pier it's in aid of the Cope Foundation now limited registration on the morning if you'd like to fundraising using sponsorship cards please email christmasswim at gmail.com And Shay by WhatsApp says, Hi Patricia, thank Margaret for her great words of wisdom in her email about Christmas. I'll add to it by saying, celebrate Christmas for what it truly is and forget the glitter of the world and then you'll have real peace at Christmas. Uh, Kind regards, uh, wise words as well, Shay Thank you for that. Now let me go to the phone lines where Gerald uh, joins us because he's contacted the programme. Good morning to Gerald. A good afternoon, How are you? as it is. How are you, I'm very well. Now you are—you are you're one of the frontline healthcare workers who hasn't received their pandemic bonus yet.
1: Absolutely,
4: we have been promised this numerous of times. It was uh, announced on the 19th of January. Today is the 19th of December, and we have received no payment.
5: Eleven months later. Yes. Now, I know you, you, you don't want to say where where you're working, but you're not with the HSE. You're with one of the...
4: But it's, the, it's not... It's the government The are wrong, not the private sector. Yeah. It's the government are wrong, the government are, have employed a uh, private company to give out the money, yeah. but the government have stopped giving out the money.
5: Now, has the, the company that you work for, have they heard from... This company that has been employed at a cost, can I say, uh, in order to work out who's entitled and who's not, has, has yes
4: been... back back in back in November, back in early November.
5: So uh, they passed on all the details. They did they, they
4: passed on all the details, and that's what I'm saying. It's the government again that's holding this up.
5: And have you been told that?
4: Yes. Yes.
5: So has <coughs> has anyone where you work received the money?
4: Uh, in different counties that I've been on to they have received the money North Cork haven't received some places have it got but the majority of North Cork people have nothing got.
5: So does, <coughs> does, does, does uh, but what I'm asking is anybody else working with you has anybody who's entitled to it yeah, received? Yeah, yeah. Ha, no, any, has anybody received it?
4: They have yeah.
5: So some are getting it and some are not? Correct. And are you definitely entitled to it?
4: Yes, I have an email to confirm what I'm entitled to.
5: And you're getting the 1,000?
4: Yes. That's not, I, that's... I put my life on the, on, on the front line, uh, including my family. So, like, this is this gone on since then. We were promised this back in March. We still didn't receive it. We were promised it again now. And we still didn't receive it.
5: So, you have confirmation that you're entitled to it. And are they giving you any indication when they'll pay you the 1,000 euro?
4: Absolutely none. It's the government, not the company. It's the government at her fault.
5: Because what, are they saying they've run out of money? Yes. But you don't have that in writing?
4: No, but I was on to the company.
5: The company who were administering the, co- the, the
4: funds. The, the company that's employed by the government.
5: And they're telling you that they've they run out of money?
4: They're telling me, correct, that they've run out of money.
5: Okay, and
4: it's... It's just places in Tipperary, Kilkenny, Galway, Mayo have got.
5: And you you think it's particularly affecting North Cork? Absolutely, yeah. Do you know about the city? Do you know about West Cork, East Cork? Some of the city
4: have got, yeah. All HSC have
5: it got. Yeah, well, we knew that they they yep. got. It. And in fairness, the HSC said it was e- easier because they are on their pay system. But they said with the people with the private companies, it was more difficult to work out who was entitled and who wasn't, and that's why they employed this. This it, outside exactly. company, which I couldn't believe, what a waste of money! But they said this was the best way to do it, and I remember at the time thinking, well, if this is the best way to do it, just get the people paid. Because I know I've spoken many occasions with um, Ty Daly of the, nur- the nursing homes in Ireland, because yes, I yeah, none them, of yeah? none of their workers had had received it. I thought at this stage it was fully sorted out. Okay, no. we will uh, we'll get an email. It's eleven months on, like you know It's, it's, a, not well, it's eleven months today and when it was announced back in January everybody said this is a great idea it was a nice acknowledgement for the work that you did Yeah And they've taken the good out of it Exactly And I'm assuming you'd like the money before Christmas Gerald.
4: Absolutely Yeah Absolutely We promise this this is our second or third time being told we get it
5: OK, we'll see what we can do and see is, is there any talk of the money coming be- certainly yeah, I mean, before. 11 it months go- It on.
4: is the government, you know, it's the wrong here.
5: OK, you're claiming that the are I can't understand if they... I, they can't have run out of money because it wasn't... Well,
4: it's the government that are wrong, there's no one else at fault. OK. The government.
5: All right, OK, leave it with us, uh, Gerald. Thank you for that and okay. in the meantime, I don't know if anybody else is in the same predicament as Gerald where he, he gets the Confirmation. I'm assuming an email or a letter to say he is entitled to this €1,000 COVID bonus payment. But now he's hearing from the company that's, that are administering it that they don't have the money. So we'll see if we can find out exactly what is uh, going on. And are many others in that same boat? Is it just something particular? He feels it's particular just to North Cork, which seems really bizarre why one area wouldn't be getting the money and other areas are oh, 0818 103, 103. Bernie uh, taking your calls you can text or WhatsApp to 0862103103 I'm in particular looking for your calls please or your questions please for Annelise Driscoll, uh, our nutritional therapist if you have a question for Annelise get that into us you can either call Bernie or you can text or WhatsApp me and just following up on uh, Jared, who just joined us there on the uh, comment line still waiting for his pandemic bonus uh, payment uh, um, a listener says, Hi Patricia, my husband got his payment. It was about 10 days ago now he works for a private nursing home in West Cork. Jared is of the belief that it seems to be something particular to uh, North Cork. I just did a quick uh, search online and this was up to two weeks ago. There was about 66,000 people still waiting. So it isn't just uh, the North Cork uh, area, but it seems crazy. We're 11 months today since the Oireachtas Health Committee and the government announced that they were paying a €1,000 1, COVID payment to people just as a thank you uh, for the frontline workers. Now, just on the point, and this is where I'm trying to get clarity on that they've run out of money because I really don't believe they've run out of money. According to Stephen Donnelly, the Minister for Health, to date, €126 million has been spent on the COVID bonus payment to frontline uh, workers. But that figure is expected to rise to €189 million. But I can find nothing to say that they've run out of money on that fund. So we'll, we'll look into it a little bit more. But I know Stephen Donnelly, when he was questioned at the, he was in before the Oireachtas, one of the Oireachtas uh, committees. And I know that he did say two weeks ago that it was hoped. And the word he used was hoped that everyone who's entitled to that €1,000, and it is a tax free payment, it was hoped that everybody would receive it before Christmas. But he wasn't giving any guarantees that it would all be paid out before uh, Christmas. So I think some of the payments are unfortunately going to run into early uh, next year, which isn't, I take it, the news that uh, Gerard wants to hear. Now, 0818103103. Bernie is in for John Paul all this week so she's taking your calls. We're looking for questions please for Annalise, Annelise Dressel a nutritional therapist. You can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103 and Annalise joins us. Um, good afternoon to Annalise. Good afternoon. And Mr. you are very very welcome. Now a number of people have been on to us because there seems to be a lot of Covid out and about and people are nervous about Covid and all of the other viruses that are doing the rounds at the moment. What can we do to protect Protect ourselves is kind of the gist of what a lot of the questions are about,
0: and that's a great thing because prevention is far better than cure. Patricia. So the thing with any virus really is that it has to get inside the cell of our body in order to be able to multiply, and if it can't multiply, you have a very it reduces the viral load. People will be familiar with that name after COVID. So the lower the viral load, really, the less work the immune system has to do to. Um, to take care of it but if the virus gets inside your cell and manages to multiply and then that cell bursts and releases all those little viruses that can then invade other cells you can imagine how busy the immune system will have to be to uh, cope with millions of those being um, released into our system so things that will prevent these viruses from being able to enter cells first of all elderberry it's wonderful it helps to protect prevent the virus from being able to make that spike protein that it needs to make in order to get into the cell in the first place so it needs to be the berry unfortunately elder far cordial made from the flour is not as good so it needs to be the elder berry that is a wonderful natural antiviral of course you should be taking your vitamin d because that keeps your t cells primed these are kind of like the marines patricia they're the first line of defense So when um, a virus enters your body, uh, your T-cell can recognize um, it as an invader and can start chomping away and getting rid of it immediately. So anything that boosts those is a good thing as the first line of defense. That would be your vitamin D, vitamin C and zinc is very important as well. The other thing that boosts those T-cells is echinacea. And generally, people will always say to me, Patricia, do I take it all the time or do I take it only when I'm sick? To be honest, mostly I would say to people generally just take it if you feel you're sickening. Um, But you can actually take it preventatively. And I think this time of the year it might be a good thing for people who are vulnerable to getting respiratory infections because there are particularly nasty ones about our immune systems haven't been trained over the last couple of years. So you could take Echinacea either as tablets or as um, as a liquid. And we absolutely love the Irish Botanica one here Um, It is such a strong one. It makes your tongue tingle. So I think all of those should help prevent COVID. And then if you do get it, just start taking all of those things three times a day as kind of a treatment.
5: Okay, stay on vitamin D. Because somebody said, Annalise, in previous weeks you've mentioned a dose of €1,000 vitamin D. Is that daily or weekly you're talking about?
0: I think daily is, Daily. Generally our 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 required daily allowance is in in around eight hundred IUs. So taking a thousand is more than enough. I know people like to take really high doses, but I don't recommend it because it does increase the amount of calcium you absorb from diet and too much calcium in the blood and the system will increase your risk of heart disease in the long run. So I think a thousand IUs is enough for everybody and then for kids it's four (laughs) hundred.
5: Okay, some of your other questions coming in. Hi, uh, Patricia Annalise. My husband has a rash in the groin area. Now, he's been to the doctor. He's received various creams, but it never seems to clear up. It is both raw and itchy and sore. Never seems to go away. He showers every day. He avoids using any kind of shower gels in that area. Would Annalise have any kind of a solution?
0: So, Patricia, a customer asked me this before and they put the name on that and I thought it was a fantastic name. They called it the IRE, I-R-E, and that's exactly what it's like. It's like this really angry red rash. And I'm not really sure what causes it, but often it does happen to people um, that have heat, like that are in an environment where they're in a hot environment and maybe they're wearing a lot of clothes or um, like sports people would suffer from it an awful lot as well. So it's where they're getting kind of hot and sweaty in the groin area and uh, it's creating a bit of a kind of an allergic reaction I suppose really so it's a heat rash almost so I think that could be a good way to go especially if this man has tried a lot of other creams and it hasn't helped so what I'd recommend for people who suffer from heat rash it's a very difficult one right because what happens is that the cells are kind of releasing all of the mast cells are releasing histamine in response to heat so ideally what you need to do is you need to stabilize those so beta-carotene is a supplement that is great for that i often recommend it to people who get heat rash when they go on holidays you need to start taking it in advance so that could be useful here perhaps and the other thing then that you can take is um, a natural mast cell stabilizer which is called quercetin it's spelled q-u-e-r-c-e-t-i-n and actually this time of year quercetin is a great one as well for immune system and for preventing COVID and other viruses because it can help shuttle zinc into the immune cells when they need it to fight the viruses so it's, it's going to have a double whammy this time of the year and then in terms of a cream I think I'd probably suggest the Salcura and I use this myself when I get flares up of, of a rash it's called a Salcura Derma Spray and it's just very very soothing and it does relieve the itch there and then in the moment.
5: Yeah, and it's the area it's in as well. That there's just nothing worse than to have an ongoing rash like that that's sore and itchy as well. God, um, my heart heart goes out. Absolutely,
0: from... you can't be out in public. Yeah, dreadful,
5: dreadful, <laughs> dreadful, yeah. Okay, Wynne says, uh, could you ask Annalise, please? What is giant cell arthritis? And what would help one with it, please? Okay,
0: so now I am don't I'm not hundred percent sure about this, but I think I know what it is. Okay. So it's actually called giant cell arteritis.
5: Arter, it is about, actually I'm just looking yeah. at the word, yes, arteritis. I
0: got confused the first time I heard it as well, Patricia. So you think it's the arthritis of the joints, but it's actually to do with the tissue of your arteries. Oh, and okay. I think it's an inflammation that occurs in those cells of the vascular tissue. So what I would typically recommend is things that would be beneficial for the cells of um, veins and of arteries. And you're looking at hawthorn is a wonderful one. Um, Resveratrol is another one as well. And this is what we find in red grapes and... um, why we think that the French have so little heart disease, even though they smoke and eat loads of cheese. Uh, It's because it's this resveratrol that you find in wine and the skin of red grapes and red berries. And lots of anti-aging studies have found that it is an extremely powerful protective factor for cardiovascular disease. So that would be another lovely one that you could add in for giant cell arteritis. It's an inflammatory disorder as well, Patricia. So things like turmeric and boswellia would be other things that would um, help in terms of natural anti-inflammatories. And always, I love the fish oils because they have the omega-3 fats in the fish oils, have anti-inflammatory benefits, but they also keep vascular tissue and all other tissue in the brain and everywhere in the body beautifully flexible so that they respond uh, well to signals. And again, that would have an anti-inflammatory effect there.
5: Okay, hi, Annelise. I've tried Codenex for a barking, mostly dry cough with absolutely no results. What would you suggest, please? I've also been on antibiotics for a sinus COPD infection. So, from a Mitchellstown listener, a barking dry cough.
0: Yeah. So, and and they're awful, Patricia, because when you start. Bark. When you start that barking cough, it just irritates the tissue further and you can get into these awful coughing fits. So what you're looking for are things that will nourish the mucus membranes um, and the mucus tissue in the respiratory tract and you're looking at things like mullion and marshmallow. Um, Carrageen is another lovely one as well, but carrageen is a double whammy because it also does get rid of stuck mucus in the chest. Um, Comvita is the company, they do a, a winter wellness Um, manuka honey and carrageen cough bottle. And I find that's a great one when I've got a dry cough. They suggest that you actually take it two teaspoons three or four times a day. But what I find works far better is to actually take a sip of that um, every time that you cough and try and prevent yourself getting into those terrible coughing fits. You can also buy mullion in... um, in health stores, and you can make, blend, brew it up into a tea. And then, if you can't get your hands on the winter wellness, which is very difficult at the moment because it's been um, gone off our shelves for a long time, Irish Botanica do a lovely botanical syrup as well. And they also do something called a throat coat, and that has lovely marshmallow in it. So again, that could be something you could use when you start coughing. So that company is called Irish Botanica.
5: Okay, what is more effective, magnesium powder or a tablet?
0: So I think it's what type of magnesium is more important there, Patricia. And um, they, they do different things. So people take magnesium for various different reasons. Some people take it for stress, sleeping, muscles, restless muscles, energy. It's a great one for detox. It helps in terms of calcium, with calcium for bones. So you want to take different types. Um, for different things. The magnesium biglycinate is the best one if you're taking it at night for sleep because it helps the biglycinate part of it is very good for for calm and restfulness. So if that's the reason you're taking it, take that one. Magnesium citrate then is another one that tends to be better absorbed than magnesium carbonate which tends to have more of a laxative effect. Um, And Viridian do a lovely high strength magnesium of 300 milligrams and it comes in capsule form. And that one has got a blend of glycinate, citrate, and another one, so that's that's a good one if you need to take it in high strength. And then for some people, the powder can work very well, especially if you're giving it to children. If it's the MAG 365, you need to make sure that you're mixing it with boiling water in order to activate it, otherwise it will have a laxative effect.
5: OK, listen, that's where we wrap it up uh, for today. And of course, Annalise will put it up on our website, healthhubstore.com, as heard on the radio. Our last one for the year. So thank you, Annalise. Thank you, Patricia. And happy Christmas <laughs> and, to everybody. And listen, all your contributions throughout the year. And we look forward to talking to you next year. God bless. Uh, that's the wonderful Annalise Dressel of the Health Hub Times Square, Ballincol. And that's where I leave you for today. My thanks to Bernie Murphy. For producing, and we are back with you tomorrow morning at ten o'clock. Until then. I'm Patricia Messenger. Very good afternoon.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing.